Check, check, check. Check. What a potheads, it's John in the Yetta Bay. Ian and I have kind of been on a social media blackout for the last week with all the Rise of Skywalker stuff coming out, but we thought it might be a good idea to record some thoughts or concerns or hopes or something along those lines, a synonym for that, if, if you will, about the upcoming film, which we will be seeing Thursday night at 7 p.m. or something. I don't remember. Uh, roommate Mike got the tickets. So... We're recording our thoughts separately, so we're not influenced by each other's opinions on, or, um, yeah, that makes sense. We're not influenced by each other, basically. So, Rise of Skywalker is kind of a big deal for many reasons. Mostly that it is the advertised end of the Skywalker saga, which I think is going to need a lot of solid storytelling to conclude. So I have a few notes, mostly concerns, as stated many times on the podcast. Uh, I, I enjoy the sequel trilogy, but I'm not super heavily invested in it. I just like that there is a Star War in the theater, so that's, that's what I like. <laughs> First off, having been in a media blackout and not thinking about recording this, I don't actually know when they announced that this was going to be the official end of the saga. I feel like that was done this year. Because I, I, I don't remember any promotion for Force Awakens or Last Jedi claiming that this would be the end of uh, the Skywalker saga. But I do have a bad memory due to an incident with a bus. So that could be, that could not be true. But again, I've been on like a social media hiatus and I can't search anything related to the Rise of Skywalker right now because spoilers are out there. I think it's interesting and maybe a little arrogant of Disney Lucasfilm to say that this movie can bring a satisfying ending to 40 years of Star Wars movie and storytelling. With The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, they basically take place over the course of two or three days, and I don't know how far ahead in the timeline they skip with this movie, but we don't see any of what happens in there, so I'm kind of nervous that the story progression and character progression that we got a little bit of of each character in the last two movies isn't going to be enough to sustain or to create a satisfying conclusion. Which actually goes into another thing I had about there being, at least in the trailers, we're seeing that there are, there are new characters in this that seem to be a pretty big deal or have some story significance. And that makes me very nervous because the existing characters that we've established in the last two movies, uh, with the exception of Rey and Kylo, really haven't had a lot of character growth. They've had interesting adventures, but we don't really know anything about them unless we go back and read comics and novels. And I think for Disney to rely on the hope that people have read those books to flesh out the characters is not, not a good business tactic for making movies. So with all these new characters and the slightly or in the and the established characters as well, I feel that they're going to have to drop a lot of storylines about those characters in order to progress the story. Did I just say that? I might have. So I'm kind of nervous about that. With they're setting themselves up to have a lot of story to tell, not a lot of movie time to do it, especially with. Uh, again, in the trailer, seeing a lot of new locations. I'm nervous with all these terrain, all these locations that we're only going to get to spend two or three minutes at each one, kind of like Canto Bite, where I really feel like there was a good story that was left on the editing room floor. I could have flushed out that, that, that side story a lot more. 
the last big story thing I have is more of a fandom-based situation where the last couple years we've had loud reactionary parties on, on both sides of the Star Wars issue. That's not really what I meant, but specifically right now, the Raylo camp, like it's totally cool if you have this the ship ship in your head and stuff but i i see like tweets and things on instagram and stuff that are like it's not that it might not happen it's that it, it's going to happen and i'm nervous what's going to happen if it doesn't happen or if they reveal that ray and kylo are siblings or something i think that's going to create an even bigger divide between these old fans that don't like what disney's doing and now you're going to have a new faction of people that wanted Raylo to happen and it didn't happen if it doesn't happen going back on saying how much they liked uh, the last two movies so um that's what I'm mostly nervous about with this new movie I just had other couple like short things like I don't think they should have shown the or hinted at the Emperor being in this movie in the trailers I think that would have been a great thing to hold on to and how will that fit into the existing storyline also, a concern that I've had since Last Jedi came out, since J.J., or since it was not that J.J. was taking over this one, he stated that they're going to use deleted scenes and other random shots of Carrie Fisher to put Leia into this movie, and I'm wondering how much of the story was written around those scenes to shoehorn Carrie Fisher into this movie, or if it's even going to be anything of note well, that's what i'm hoping is that these additional scenes with her aren't going to be what the story had to be written around because that really limits what you can do with the film especially a film that has to again end 40 years of storytelling so to wrap this up uh my my biggest concerns seem to mostly be about storytelling and timing issues uh, with the length of the movie, which will be about two and a half hours. I'm concerned that we just won't have enough time to hit all the story points that we need to hit to not only wrap up the sequel trilogy, but to wrap up the entire series as a whole. And I just don't think it's going to be possible to create a, a satisfying ending to this saga for everyone. I mean, that... That was always going to be the case. There was always going to be people that were going to be upset, but I don't think they gave themselves enough time throughout the sequel trilogy to really justify wrapping it all up, wrapping up the entire uh, saga uh, in one film. Uh, it should have started in The Force Awakens a little bit and moved on and moved uh, and got slowly got bigger to wrap up at the end of this film. Uh, that's, that's basically all I got. I think I rambled enough. Now I just gotta get Ian's rambling, what he thinks is gonna happen. Uh, I know mostly mine uh, was concerns, and I think I'm probably gonna walk out of the movie saying it was fine. Nothing, nothing life-changing, maybe. Who knows, maybe it will be. So, yeah, I just gotta go get Ian's half of this. And I believe we'll probably do a after-the-movie reports... Thursday or Friday afternoon. Thursday night or Friday afternoon once we get out of the film. So uh, we'll see you at that part. Alright everybody, it's Ian. This is my uninfluenced pre-Rise of Skywalker thoughts. Overall, I'm pretty excited about seeing the movie. Uh, I've been re-watching all the Star Wars movies to get prepared for it. 
given the Star Wars mood. I, in fact, had to, like, reset out of a Star Wars mood in order to run my D&D game this week, but been really excited for it. There are a couple things that I really would like to see. My boy Finn, he's got he's to do more. I, I'd like to see his character grow a bit more in this movie, because he kind of got sidelined, I think, uh, poorly. He was poorly handled in The Last Jedi. So I'd like to see Finn be rad and awesome, and rumor has it that that's going to happen, so that's that's pretty cool. I've said many times, you know, my one of my biggest worries is not being able to tie up all the necessary plot lines and threads and character arcs that are going to be needing to be tied up in this film. And there, there are a couple characters that really need to have satisfying conclusions, and that's pretty much all of the legacy characters, so you're... you're Han, uh, Leia, Luke. Really just Leia and Luke in this one. Han kind of had his arc. And, of course, Kylo and Rey are the other two big ones. And Finn and Poe and Rose, I suppose, since she played such a big part in The Last Jedi. I'd like to see her maybe get some... I don't want to use the word redemption, because it's not like her character needs to be redeemed. I just didn't care for her character's job in The Last Jedi, so I hope that she gets a big hero moment, because I know how much that character means to a lot of people, so it'd be cool to see that as well. Lando is, I'm excited to see his stuff, and I'm I'm really trying to stay away from speculation, and I've been trying to do that more and more with this movie in particular. It hasn't always worked out, but the speculation boat I'm trying to to avoid. I'm also trying to avoid sort of spoiler talk or even reviews because I feel like if you didn't like these characters in The Force Awakens and if you didn't like these characters in The Last Jedi, like there's not a big chance that you're going to like them in this movie. And that sucks, but it's it's true. And if you like those characters in those movies, then there's a good chance you're going to like them in this one. So I feel like looking at reviews of people it really is just going to come down to, do you like new Disney stuff or do you not like new Disney stuff? And that's not very helpful in terms of like trying to decide whether or not I personally like a film. There are critics out there that I like and trust and have similar opinions with, but for this one I'm trying to go in with a blank slate, no influence. Uh, I've kind of already messed that up a bit by accidentally, brainlessly going onto a social media platform and seeing a post or two, but nothing has been sort of spoiled for me or, or heavily heavily influencing my thoughts one way or another. So only 24 more hours, less than 24 hours uh, before we are we're seeing the film. So really looking forward to getting John's take on it since he's not a big Disney-era fan and uh, looking forward to seeing Mike's take on it too because he's not, you know, in, insanely into this uh, as much as I am. So I think all around it'll be a good discussion because you're going to get sort of like the fanatic viewpoint, the eh viewpoint, and the okay what 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 was this viewpoint? So I think it's going to be a good time. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, everybody. I'll see you on the other side. Spoilers ahead. Tonight. Spoilers. No, seriously. Spoilers. Why are you even here if you haven't seen the movie yet? Go see the movie, then come back. It's spoiler time. And. No, no and. No and. You don't get an and. Seriously. There are spoilers. That's all you need to know. This broadcast is pure spoilers. Go away until you've seen The Rise of Skywalker. 
Welcome back, Galactic Citizens, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. My name is Ian, and I, oh, I don't know. No, it's just Ian. My name is Ian, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, John. John, how you doing? I'm doing swell. And we also have roommate Mike with us. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to have you on. It's uh-huh. been kind of cool uh, reviewing The Mandalorian with you recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we've all gone and seen The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, in case anybody didn't know, uh, a Star Wars movie came out. Yeah. Um, what? You know, I know the Cats release is exciting. Right. But there was also a Star Wars. I was extremely tempted to buy tickets to that and say I didn't have tickets to Star Wars anymore. I don't think we would be friends anymore. <laughs> I, I still would be. I, th- I would have thought that was the greatest joke of all time. Yeah, because you'd both be laughing at me. Yeah. yeah. Just like screaming <laughs> at the sky, cursing God. <laughs> um, so, we just went and saw The Rise of Skywalker last night. Uh, we've had a couple hours uh, and a sleep to sort of process it. One um, might say a whole day. One might say a whole day. Um, others wouldn't. Others, others are, others are correct. Um, you totally threw me off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we've had a couple hours to process uh, the rise of Skywalker, and I figure we'll go around and give our sort of first impressions after the first viewing of the movie, then. I'm going to see it again, most likely. John, you're probably going to see it again. We'll all see it again at some point. Uh, maybe we'll revisit uh, a couple weeks from now, once we've had a couple views, and see if any of our opinions change. But right now, let's get the raw first impressions. And let's, uh, Mike, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, it certainly was a Star Wars movie. Hmm. Um, no, it was, it was enjoyable. Um, it was nice... In, in a trilogy, I really enjoyed the last movie because it starts wrapping things up. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what my my biggest gripe about a second movie in a trilogy is, is it introduces a bunch of stuff and just kind of leaves you hanging. Um, it's nice to finally kind of have that that moment of, oh, yeah, we're good now. Right. Um, this is the story that we have in front of us. Um, so, I mean, it was... I don't want to say that the best part was it's over now, um, <laughs> but it is nice that um, we're able to see the full story. Right. Um, that being said, um, I it was it was good. Like there were certain things that I definitely um, didn't like, but I mean that's with almost every movie. Like I could gripe about the Mandalorian, and I love the Mandalorian. Sure. So, um, I could talk a lot about a few different things that I didn't like about the movie, but overall I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, I thought the big highlight for me were some of the the side characters that were actually introduced in this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't think we were going to see that many new characters. Um, Unfortunately, I think it made it so some of the other characters they had previously were kind of like shooed away into the background, um, which we'll obviously talk about later. But I thought the new characters were the highlight for me. Um, And then just kind of, yeah, going into the story and just kind of wrapping things up. It was, it was fun. I will definitely see it again because I, I really don't know how to process the last 10 minutes still in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be seeing it at least another time, if not a couple more. So um, I can't say if I would recommend it to a casual fan or if it's just, you know, but I would, I'm going to see it again and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was definitely Star Wars and I enjoyed that. 
Very nice. John, let's go to you. Uh, that was, that was good. Moving on. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, (laughs) podcast over. (laughs) Yeah. We've said all there is to say. Star Wars is good. Yeah. Well, I I agree with that statement, Mike. Star Wars is good. Good. Um, I I went into the movie with a lot of hesitation about what, what could happen. Um, which, which y'all heard of in the, the pre before this. Uh, thoughts thing that me and Ian did. Yeah, I just want to point out on that subject, I have not heard John's portion of that. But I have heard his because I'm in the Yetta Bay. That's why I call myself John in the Yetta Bay. Or Consistency John. No, no. Nobody calls you (laughs) Consistency John. Um, And uh, I have many notes on the things that I said on that because some of them came true, some of them didn't. Sure. Um, Some of them happened, but they were fine right like I didn't, it didn't bother me all that much um and i walked away from the movie thinking i was a star wars like mike it was definitely a star wars uh i thought what the 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 task that jj kind of was thrust into to uh close out the trilogy and then close out the whole saga like there was no way that he was going to make a satisfying ending for everybody. Yeah. And I think he, he did the best that he could with, with what he, what he had to work with. Right. Um, but I, I did it. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the last Jedi. Um, and then I said that out loud and then my brain went to, I just dug myself into a really deep hole place. Mm. Um, well, you're, you're not alone in that category, based yeah. on some of the stuff we've seen. Most yeah, I've, I've been I've been sadistically enjoying going on Twitter and just watching the the weird storm of emotions that are flying around, all from uh, one of the best Star Wars movie to I've lost my faith in the franchise. It's been been very interesting. I haven't seen as much I've lost my faith in the franchise uh, notes after this one. In fact, I've seen a lot of people, including uh, personal friends of mine, who have said stuff like, this is my favorite one of the new, the the, the sequel trilogy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are people who didn't necessarily like the first two uh, of the, the Disney sequel trilogy movies and enjoyed this one. Um, I walked away from the movie feeling like i enjoyed it i i very much had a, a good time with it but uh i had a weird moment where i was like i don't i don't feel like i enjoyed it as much as i was expecting to and i think a lot of that stems from the fact that jj made the first movie in the sequel trilogy and he made the last movie in the sequel trilogy and ryan johnson made the middle bit and there was a tonal change between those two movies. And I'm now realizing, no matter who directed this next one, we were going to have another tonal shift. But I think just it, the shift was so jarring that going kind of back to the J.J. Abrams side of things, other than the Ryan Johnson th- side of things, that it left me a little shell-shocked, I think. It, it, especially in the first third of the movie. Because I felt there were a lot of things where it felt like there was course correction going on. Oh, they didn't like this thing or that thing in The Last Jedi, so they tied it up real quick and then moved on, and then tied it up real quick and then moved on. That being said, I have said multiple times that my biggest concern 
was that they wouldn't satisfyingly tie up all the major characters. And I feel like, for the most part, they did that quite well. They had a task ahead of them to do that with Leia, and I was satisfied with her conclusion. So let's uh, let's get into some specifics here. John, you've got some notes, so and Mike and I do not. So let's go. Let's go through notes. Let's go through things that you came up with, and we'll discuss them one element at a time. I do have notes, Ian. I like notes. Um, let's see. So, I want to first start uh, with uh, getting your guys' thoughts on the scenes with Leia with Carrie Fisher. Uh huh. That was one of my biggest concerns going into this movie. Yep. Was that I thought that they might try to write the plot around what available footage or audio they had of Carrie. Sure. And I think they did a pretty okay job of separating major story issues and Carrie Fisher's interaction with yep. other characters. Though at times it was very jarring to me that you could tell that the actors were reading lines at a wall. And not at a person because sometimes they just they didn't react or put inflections on voices that are on their own voice that you would when you talk to somebody. I'll, when I was writing my notes today, I, I was I was writing an example of the weird stilted dialogue because they they did a lot of dialogue that set up Carrie's responses. Mm-hmm. So it sometimes didn't feel natural. So it'd be a thing like this, and this is dumb and long. Uh, Would you like to go to the store, or do you think the political ramifications of running a fledgling resistance against overwhelming odds against a phantom menace that may or may not win regardless of the size of the forces where we will need to go do the thing and get the thing, then yada yada, which the response would be, yes. That that whole thing, yeah, exactly. Um, You just hurt my brain. And then that whole thing, I could have summed this up with, go watch the episode of South Park where Chef returns and they just Mm. cut in and out dialogue and, because... Hey, children! Yeah. And they do the exact same thing where, like, Kyle is asking Chef something. Yeah. And it's just a completely leading statement to match the audio that they had of... Isaac Hayes. So, okay. what do I think? Am I crazy? I... I'm crazy. No, you're not crazy. Yes. Um, I, I felt that a lot in the first scene that she was in. I felt that one in particular didn't flow. What mm-hmm. the, the dialogue that she had with Ray just didn't flow at all. I thought it got better as time went on within the rest of the story. Yeah, and I, I noticed it less throughout the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. It, I, I felt like maybe it was just jarring the first time you saw it, and then you're able to get over it and sure. just move on, and that's part of the story now. Or they just did a better job with those later scenes. I don't know which one that was. Um, but I remember noticing it and almost cringing at it when the first <laughs> time I I, I yeah. saw that scene. And I legitimately didn't notice that as a bad thing about the movie the rest of the way. Yeah, I think the reason behind that is she had the most dialogue in the beginning of the film. And mm-hmm. as they went on, they relied more on reaction shots and single word kind of things. Like there's that entire scene where Leia is going to go make the Force connection with Ben. And that entire scene, she only really ever says like one or two words which is you know ben Mm. and the rest of it is just a unused reaction scene footage from different takes in the last jedi so because the acting was very much more carrie is there leia is there and she's reacting to stimuli rather than talking and then having a response i think that's why it was less noticeable at the end Mm. okay i think you are both correct in that it was kind of cringy but i think i was just so excited to see leia on screen as a long time star wars fan and knowing the tragedy of us losing carrie fisher before this shot that i i didn't i didn't care as much looking back on it i was like oh yeah 
some of that dialogue was uh, not not the best, mm. yeah, but the... I think they did well with what they had, and my joy in seeing those characters interact superseded the performance issues. Yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, when I was looking back on it, JJ didn't have to include Leia yep. or Carrie Fisher at all, right. and I think he did the best that he could. And this is actually going to be like a recurring mantra that I... I'm saying for this film, but JJ did the best he could with uh, what he had. Yeah, given the puzzle um, pieces that was disposed. Yeah, it would have been a super easy decision to just you know put it in the crawl or like have it in passing yeah. that she had passed away. But right. For to have her be as big of a deal in this movie as she was, and for it to flow like it did, I thought was a super well done mm-hmm. piece of cinema that they they did there. Absolutely. No, I concur with that entirely. On the Leia subject, since we're here, what did you guys think of getting a Luke Leia flashback to original era Star Wars? <laughs> so this is totally dumb, and like I like the scene, right? Because it, it it kind of explains why Ray calls call, is calling her master at the beginning. Leia had some Jedi training from Luke, and we got to see a little bit of that. And I thought that was interesting that we were getting flashbacks in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Every now and then. But the one thing that was distracting me was that it was lighted strange. And then anytime you saw the two times you saw young Luke and young Leia's faces, they were partially concealed by a helmet and the lightsaber was flashing a little bit. They were like glowing and pulsing. And like the only reason this shot looks like this is to mask the CGI. Yep. And it just made it stand out even more to me because I knew that was the reason these lighting effects were weird. That's fair. But I, I enjoyed the that scene. Yeah, the scene in particular was really strong, I felt. Just giving you a different connection to Leia than you had previously. Like, there's so many reasons to connect with Leia as a character, as, right. as a human being. But to be able to develop her character even more this late in her story, I thought that was really cool. The CGI definitely got to me the first time I saw Leia's face. I'm like, oh, okay, um, Um, But then I just put it aside and just took it in for what it was. And the way that it developed her character in the story, I thought, just made it a a positive experience for me. I mean, it was always going to be better in the dark than it was in the bright white room in Rogue One (laughs) where all you can see is just a clearly CG'd face. That's the lesson we learned in Rogue One too with Tarkin. Like, remember when we watched it in the drive-in and we literally couldn't see anything the entire movie, but Mm. that effect looked fantastic. (laughs) Great, (laughs) then. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with both of your assessments there. Speaking of character, because that's a great great segue into some uh, character development stuff. What you got for us, Sean? Oh, I got I got so much. Um, uh, you got characters for days. I got yeah. So does so this, this movie. Um, yep. Unfortunately, it looks like rather I was concerned about did happen where they introduce new characters, which kind of force older characters to get skipped over. Yep. I really enjoyed that they rectified Finn and Poe not really getting much character development in the last couple movies yep. by sticking them together the whole time and just watching them banter back and forth because that's that's really what we need in the Star Wars is these two oddballs bouncing off each other. And I also like that they went on a mission with Rey and that even though Rey wanted to do the things alone, they knew that as a team they could do the thing they needed to do, Yeah, which is, is, is good Star Wars storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the topic of the characters, some having overshadowing and others, that was also one of my major concerns, uh, is new characters coming in and having some overshadowing issues. That being said, I don't think it was egregious. Of the new characters that came in, a couple that I thought were going to be way bigger deals just turned out to be extras. 
like Dominic Monaghan's character and um, General Pride as well. I think that the the characters that did sort of take away a little bit of time from new characters, uh, new characters took away time from old characters, had at least a connection to a character that helped enhance their stories and backgrounds. For instance, mm-hmm. we had, what is his name? Z- Zori. Zori. Mm-hmm. Zori and Poe. Zori was a new character, came kind of out of nowhere, but it was used to help us understand a little bit more of, more of Poe's backstory. Mm-hmm. Same with Jana. Uh, although I think she she got a bit more attention paid to her than was necessary. I don't know why. I well, think... they needed her space horses. Yeah, I I know. I just I feel like she kind of usurped Rose as a character. Mm-hmm. I think, which I know a lot of people would be happy about. Um, but I I personally think that even though I didn't necessarily like her story arc. I know how much that character means to people, and some people really liked her, and I think this was a chance to get her to be doing something big, and she kind of got shoved back into a more minor role, and I think that uh, Jana and Rose's roles could have been a little bit more balanced out. So yeah, it's for, again, it's not like it. None of it was super egregious. Pride and Hux bounced off each other, um, and also served to tie the First Order to Palpatine. Yeah, in terms of the the characters being overwhelmed by new or old, uh, it wasn't nearly as bad as I feared it might be. So for for most of the characters you've mentioned, they help move along the storyline of main characters, like Zori and Poe, Janna and Finn. Finn. I thought it was important to establish that there were other stormtroopers that rebelled. That is true. That's that's her whole thing. And yeah, you're right. Pride, pride bounced off Hux. You know, well, Imperial officers—they all—they're all maimed and they all die, yeah. uh, painful deaths. So I'm fine with unnamed Imperial officers just showing up doing stuff, going away. Dominic Moynihan was there. Yeah, and that's I like. I'm I fine with that. I got enough out of Dominic Moynihan. I would have been fine if he wasn't in the movie and they gave all those lines to Rose. Yeah, that's fair. At least that way, she would have had more interaction in the in it. Mike, you mentioned that some of the newer characters were some of your some of your highlights. So yes, well, which ones were those? Um, I really like the the character of Zori. That stemmed from I'm a big fan of Carrie Russell, the actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen her in a bunch of things, and I think she's underutilized and underappreciated as an actress. And going in, I knew that she was going to be a part of Star Wars, and I was excited about that. And so I was a little biased, but I thought she was a great character, not only to introduced really quickly um but also to develop poe as a character that we didn't get a lot of in the previous movie so i thought that was really cool Um, i would have liked to seen her face or something else from her um and then she only got basically two scenes but i thought she was really strong in those scenes that she was in i agree other new characters obviously uh, my man babu frick c3po's oldest friend Um, was incredible and everything I want out of a humorous character in Star Wars. He was small and adorable and hilarious and stole every scene that he was in, no matter how much time he was in it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I love those two characters. I thought Jonna was good, like John said, for developing the fact that there are other deserters. The one gripe that I have about that is like, again, I'm a little biased, but like, I, I knew Kelly Marie Tran as a person. She went to my school and I was in choir with her and to see her last in this movie was kind of a bummer to me yeah um and i really enjoyed her character in the previous movie and to see her almost 
shoot aside for a very similar character yeah for time for her or time for other people within the the rebellion group was really upsetting but that's a personal gripe that you know i i didn't think that that was a hugely devastating thing for the story so i'm i'm in the same boat with you I may not have liked what Rose had to do in The Last Jedi, but I did very much like Rose as a character, mm-hmm. as a... The one relationship that I did really appreciate that was new was the Pride and Hux one. Mm. Um, I thought Pride... Richard E. Grant is legitimately a very good actor. Yep. And so he was able to play off of that, that straight guy character in that situation. And the way that he found out that Hux was a spy immediately um, upon <laughs> hearing that of what that character was, I thought that that was a relationship that was good because Hux is a really good character to bounce off of other people. Yeah. And because... Kylo Ren wasn't going to be there to bounce off with Hux anymore. They needed a guy like Pride in order to be put him in his place, basically. Right. He needed to be put in check every once in a while. And I thought Pride did an excellent job at that every chance that he got. And then he killed them, which was great, too. Yeah. <laughs> he really brought back that hardcore original uh, Empire feel yeah. back, which I think was important to establish because they were putting so much on Palpatine. I'm such like a goody two shoes that I don't root for the Empire. So like when there's a moment with an Empire scene, a very heavy focused Empire scene, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That means they did a really good job yeah. with that, and I thought that one really hit it out of the park with me. Absolutely, John. What are your feelings about the the Pride Hux First Order guys and the intermingling of Imperial doctrine in this film? So I had completely forgotten that Pride was going to be in this film. And in fact, my brain told me that that was Hux's dad for some reason. I know know from the books I've read that that's not his dad. And it took me until after the movie to remember that. Because I was like, dang, Hux's dad's hardcore. Just shot his kid. (laughs) Point blank range. And because I thought that they were related, I thought that they were working together to overthrow Kylo. Nice. So when he shot him, I was like, oh, he probably just stunned him. And, like, they're going to come back, do sneaky sneak stuff. But no. And then, yeah, like, towards the end of the film, like, wait a minute. No, I think Hux is actually dead. <laughs> it, it took you that long to figure yeah, out. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not smart. What, what's really interesting about uh, your point of, uh, you know, maybe they were working together to mm-hmm. overflow, overflow, to overthrow Kylo I was convinced that that might be the case because of Richard E. Grant's acting mm-hmm. as Pride. Because yeah. there were a couple scenes where you couldn't read him. You couldn't read what he was thinking. So when he just turns around and shoots Hux, like, I was like, <laughs> one of, yeah. One of the things I really liked in one of Pride's lines is when he's talking to a hologram of Uncle Pappy that he gets on his knees and goes, I will serve you in this war as I did in the last war. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's a really cool empire line yeah it's a really cool bad guy line yeah so. i loved that that was and it and again it really served to strengthen that connection between palpatine's final order slash original empire mm. and the first order because they needed to do that and they needed to do it quickly and efficiently because none of that was set up in the the previous film and that's something that i think I, as a Star Wars fan of lore and going deep dive, sort of wish they could have done, is maybe drop one or two things. Like, they start the crawl with Emperor Palpatine's voice is being heard across the galaxy. They would have just put a scene at the very end of The Last Jedi where, like, that broadcast goes out. Uh, I- that broadcast was available exclusively to Fortnite players. 
I'm a board I just bought it at GameStop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only if you pre-ordered that. Right. No, yeah. but I'm, I'm serious. What? The broadcast from Palpatine was broadcast within a Fortnite server to Fortnite players on a special Star Wars night. You're welcome. Ian lost all faith in humanity. <laughs> that is... That, that could be here. I'm legitimately <laughs> upset with that. That is the stupidest thing but Ian, I have ever heard Ian, in my life. Like Fortnite, yeah. don't offend them. No, yeah. no. No, Ian, it's I'm going okay. to need to stop yelling. It's okay here. to like you're Fortnite. You're breaking levels listen, right now. I'm going to have to like, erase listen, all of that. I, the words I have to describe my feelings about what you just told me <laughs> I, are, are only acceptable in the Sith language, and I can't repeat it. Mm. Oh, that is so... Okay, I can't think about that okay. or else I'm going to be Moving really, on. really upset. That's that's so stupid. But that broadcast should have been at the end of like The Last Jedi to kind of link it. That being said, and John, I think you brought this point up to me, there's a healthy history in Star Wars of starting a movie and just, hey, this thing happened, go! Which this movie followed that same tradition. Correct. Right, I'm going to jump in right there with something. Even Yo. though we're talking about characters, but I have a thing about the crawl that won't fit anywhere else. Fair. Except for right here with this amazing setup. So I, I told you like when you were dropping me off of my car last night that I love the crawl. These are exact words in my notes. It was campy and dumb. Yeah. And to me, that is a perfect Star Wars crawl. Um, yeah. I like my Star Wars to like I'm going to see a whole B movie matinee. At the one screen theater, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it because like a, a good, a good, the good Star Wars crawls they they give you just enough information to feel caught up with what's just about to happen. Right. Uh, not the whole backstory of what happened in between the last movie and this one. Not a back cover summary of a book, but more of like the inside flat quick blurb. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. And then I talk about the Fortnite thing. So that part is dumb. Lol. Okay, that's all I had to say about the raging. Thank about you. the uh, about the crawl there, but I, I really liked it. It was so dumb. Ugh. Mike, your thoughts Colby. on the crawl? I literally did not remember it until you just spouted <laughs> stuff about it. So Fair. the crawl really isn't that important to me in terms of words. The the sounds are good. The words <laughs> don't really mean anything to me. <laughs> that's, that's fair. So we've kind of talked about side characters at this point. Any other notes on the non-main cast or crew characters? Fat guy um, died. Fat guy died. Uh, yep. poor, poor Wex Snapley. Yep. Wex Snapley gave his life. I like. All his I saw a tweet from earlier, like thanking all the fans for sending him letters, letter or messages of condolence. <laughs> they managed to somehow put another adorable droid in the movie. Yeah, Dio was cute. He didn't really do anything though, so I don't I've got I've got a huge section on just droids here. I don't feel like Dio needed to be there, but he was there and cute, mm-hmm. so it's ah, fine. fine. It was interesting that he spoke basic. Like he didn't make the the traditional right. droid beeps. Real quick going back to to Finn and Poe. One thing I really liked about them is they I think they finally came into their own yep. in this one. The last two movies, they're still trying to figure out who they were. I think find their place in the resistance. Poe being arrogant and kind of just like self-serving. If he can do something, who cares about what the consequences are? Right. Where in this one, kind of felt once he took the position of general over, he had issues. And when he had the issues, he asked somebody for help instead of just like going at it. And then when he finally felt overwhelmed, he's like, oh, uh, my bad, everyone. And then with Finn... I think in this one, he finally figured out he wants to be part of the fight. Yeah, He doesn't well, he want to had, run from being a stormtrooper anymore. He had to learn the, the same lesson in two movies, which is my biggest gripe with The Last Jedi. So <laughs> I, I was really... He's in my top five 
Star Wars characters of all time for me personally. I really like him, uh, and uh, he uh, was awesome in this movie. I yeah, just, I, I also need to go back to Finn and Poe just because uh, Ian hasn't mentioned yet that our boy might be uh, might be a little force sensitive. Yeah, buddy. Poe nope. is not, but Finn is. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. We'd have uh, uh, ruined that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, I'm I'm super stoked that Finn uh, Finn has the Force tinglies. Uh, well, that, that's I, I had a weird question. I don't know if maybe I, I only got this from that. But so he's talking with Jaina about he didn't want to follow those orders. And he goes, it was a feeling. Yeah. And she goes... Yeah, we all have that feeling. Does that mean her entire garrison was force sensitive? I or that was just a morality choice that had really nothing to do I think, with him being slightly force sensitive. Yeah, I think it was like he was reading more into it because he has those like he has mm-hmm. those uh the force sensitive tugs because he he had that experience. He hasn't really talked about anybody talked to anybody about it. Like I think that's the whole thing he wanted to tell yeah, Ray throughout the whole movie is that he's just like, "Hey, I never told you before, but I feel, you know, things. I can I hear uh, voices in my head. Yeah. They speak to me." So, I, you know, just my 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 dream for the future is a Ray and Finn led new Jedi order in but- Finn's too old to begin the training. You're too old to begin the training. Yes. Accurate. I'm too fat to begin the training. Also accurate. <laughs> I felt like this was Finn's strongest movie. Absolutely. Um, I felt like, honestly, just like from a technical like acting standpoint, I felt like he carried more scenes than almost everybody else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like he pushed that story forward outside of the main like force um adam driver daisy ridley story i felt he carried that along with the rest of the the characters and i felt like i was following him and his story and then everybody else just kind of led uh, along with him uh, i felt like poe was a part of finn's story and even though they were obviously like generals together mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but i felt like this was finn's strongest movie and i felt like it was his movie outside of those select scenes where daisy or adam were by themselves yeah i i couldn't agree more and that honestly is what is gonna tilt this movie over uh force awakens and and the last jedi for me because even though i really did like the force awakens just because i liked it and lately i've been thinking hey maybe i i liked the last jedi but it was fine and the only reason i was defending it so rapidly is because people were telling me what to think Mm -hmm. but because Poe is such a fave character for me. Finn? I think Finn. Yeah, I don't think I, you like Finn because, at all. Because <laughs> Finn, because Finn is such a. I'm. I've had a, a couple drinks because Finn is such a fave character for me. Like his performance in this one is what's going to push this to. I think my top of the sequel trilogy. I think that's totally justified with what he did with the the script. Yeah, I want to save Ray and Adam for Ray and Adam, Ray and Kylo until. Ray and a little Adam. bit later. I, I don't want to get. I don't want to start with them and then get lost with all these other awesome character notes I have. I can care. I say awesome, but I mean what, like what else do you got? Notes. So I have a section on just the droids. Yep, let's hear um, it. Okay, be So I'm just gonna read these from here because it's more fun because I wrote them dumbly. Goldenrod had some really great lines. I think Anthony Daniels really killed it this time. A common thing, though, that came up in this film for me is that there's a lot of consequences that just get fixed no problem by the end. 3PO had to lose his memory to recover data, which led to some great moments of amnesia later on. Yeah. And then R2 fixed him and it was all better. 
Uh, and this happens a couple times in the movie. Not not specifically 3PO, but right. something very bad happening, and then it's okay yeah. and fine. Um, I, I really enjoyed how everybody, 3PO was just there and being constantly ignored in the <laughs> yeah. first third of the movie. Like, is everybody okay? You know, are you okay? Are you okay? You didn't ask if I was okay, sir, but I'm fine. I don't want to know what made these tunnels. Well, these tunnels look there. I, I said. I said I don't I want to know. And then, and then we met the snake boy. All right. So then the nearsighted scrap pile. That's R2 for Mike. Um, these are all insults, by the way. He uh, didn't do much. He kind of hung out with Leia, fixed goldenrod, flew with Poe. Didn't really do much. Kind of kind of bummed to see him and his counterpart not really together. I, I unless there's something you. I missed. Well, I agree with you, but I think I'm t- I'm of two minds about it. I think it kind of goes into they had their big time in the sun through the uh, both the previous trilogies, and you know as long as R two got a little bit more, R two was really big in the in the in the prequels. Mm, okay, over, that's fair. over over C three PO. So I think seeing seeing C three PO shine a little bit more than R two in this one was was fine. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even think about the prequel thing, and this movie is supposed to be all of the series, right? All the previous eight movies all rolled into one thing. All right, so up next we got BB eight. Uh, he had a tree dropped on him, and he can roll as fast as a horse. <laughs> so thank you for those stats. <laughs> I can survive I tree impact. <laughs> Fast as a horse. <laughs> it's like, I'm fine with the tree falling on him. That that sounds really mean. Uh, but it, it brought some great dialogue where uh, when the Falcon comes back to the hidden base and was it Chewie or whoever was chir- chirping out and Ray, he's like, you did what to the Falcon? And then he's like, you did what to BB-8? <laughs> a, a tree? You let a tree fall on him? And then I don't. And then when he was when they when they assault the star destroyer and he's just rolling as fast as a horse. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> what is, this guy is not that. That's fast. where you draw the line. <laughs> yeah, space movie magic. Zero, yeah, that and there was no volleyball scene, so oh, zero, zero stars. stars. There. And then what else? Yeah, but anything else with BB-8? There really wasn't that much with him this time. No, no. Uh, yeah, I think those two scenes. So I think him he, and R two got stuff. Like not God stuff cut, but they they were rolled back to allow <laughs> more room. Uh, I see what you did there yeah. for for like new characters, like right. type of the new characters. So that's okay. I'm fine with that. Yep. Dio was MacGuffin number two. Yep. It did some stuff. Yeah. Mostly was just cute. After his usefulness was dot 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 useful. <laughs> he was useful and then immediately discarded. Yeah. Um, he was yeah, cute. Yeah, I think for droids, that's that's I, I yeah. I think the scene in Babu Frick's workshop was, was my favorite C-3PO scene like, I, of all time. <laughs> the fact that they turned to him and asked him, is there any other option? And he knew that there yeah. wasn't. And that made him a part of the decision and the story. And I thought that was really cool. And then, right before they wipe his memory, he thinks of something that can fix all of this. <laughs> and so he's immediately back to funny again. <laughs> I, thought, I thought his usefulness in that was really important yes, for his character. I agree. I am, and I thoroughly enjoyed his dialogue and his actions in that in that scene. I am really looking forward to hearing Jason's 
take on this film because he hates C-3PO. It's true. He does not like him whatsoever. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun. Mm. All right. um, let's, let's see. Yeah, that. that's all I got. What, other, what else you got? Yeah, Moving else? down my list. Uh, Rose. Talk about every right. character. Rose. We kind of talked about Rose a little bit. Yeah, my we... only note for Rose was hashtag where's Rose. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that hashtag still has to live on. Yeah. Which is that's... really bummy. Bummy is not a word. Bummy. It's bummy though. No, it's very yeah. bummy. It feels bummy. Sorry, Rose. Much, much, much like the rise of Skywalker, I don't have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Got him. Um. So let's move on to the walking furball. Kelly, uh, feel free to smack him. Yeah, we went to school together, but I don't remember you. That's awkward. Come on on the show. Two years below us, or one year? One year. One year. Two come years? on, come on on the show. Oh six. You can hang Whatever. out with. Mike, who's cool, and then you can beat up John for me. We can talk day. about how uh, the drama teacher Westview was weird. <laughs> He's a weird dude. Yeah, he was a weird dude. Mr. Smith Looked like is a weird dude. So let's jump ahead to the walking furball. Chewie. Uh, I think this goes on with things happening and there not being lasting consequences for mm. it. I think he should have stayed dead. I yeah, I legitimately like when he showed up. I'm like, oh god, really? I I don't hate him as a character. That's not why. It's just my emotions don't matter. I went through that thing of seeing him die, and then two minutes later, you're like, oh, J.K. Lol. To me, it was the fact that he, in the EU, he Chewbacca died fighting a planet. It's not exactly what happened, but a planet fell on him. He was crushed by the moon. (laughs) Yes, but in this one, it was he was so unceremoniously killed off that it made that uh, killed off in quotes. It made the impact of what that did to Ray even more meaningful. He didn't die being a hero. He died because Ray lost control mm-hmm. and blew up a shuttle. And the only reason I can think of that they brought him back besides fans being upset about it, which they weren't too upset when Chewie died the first time uh, in the EU, is that I think they just need an excuse to go to a Star Destroyer. I feel like Chewie was used to keep the spirit of the original cast alive through this movie because that's what Leia was originally supposed Mm -hmm. to do. So I think it kind of fell on Chewbacca's shoulders to be the the linchpin there because he got the most... He's been in almost every movie. What what did he do after they rescued him? Uh... Well, after they rescued him, he got he came back and they found out Leia was dead, and then he had a very emotional reaction to that, and which I thought was brilliant. I really liked, especially considering JJ had said not having a Leia Chewie moment in The Force Awakens after Han's death, and I think that having a, a Leia Chewie Chewie moment, even though it, they were they were not together, uh, that was a pretty big emotional impact. I I, I liked that a lot. But then he went with Lando to to recruit the savior. To get the uh, okay, okay. Which is why his coming back didn't bother me so much because in the first trailer we see him and Lando and the Falcon together, and that hadn't happened yet. So I was just like, oh, he's fine. He really had no impact on the rest of the story because um, anybody could have gotten with Lando. To, sure, to the savior fleet. But it, it, I think it means more from a that it was closing of the trilogy in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah doing that in particular right because they he's... ended up saving finn and jonna in that ship as well and like... chewy is he he's been with the falcon since the very beginning of the falcon and the falcon is such an iconic thing like that may may have it may have been a uh 
yeah, this doesn't have as big of an impact story-wise thing, but I think it has an impact in terms of closing out the Skywalker saga thing, and that's why it was included. Well, since, since we're on the topic of co-pilots, the Harrison Ford cameo. And in my notes, I mentioned that this was a Harrison Ford cameo. It did not feel like a Han Solo cameo. It felt like Harrison Ford to me. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on that. I would have liked to have seen either Luke or Anakin, Leia, be that voice of reason. I think Leia would have been the strongest point, but again, because footage unavailable. I um, I thought it was going to be Luke when when you said when you, when you hear "Hey kid," yeah, because at the end of Last Jedi, that's said like "See you around, kid." I felt like it had to be a different person than what Ray had. Similar, yeah. And Luke was that for him or that, for her? I mean, yeah, that's true, and I agree with that. I would have really liked to have seen Anakin there because of he idolized Vader. Maybe not just Anakin by himself, but you know, maybe he shows up with Leia or with Han or something. It the reason it's weird is because it wasn't a Force ghost; it was a, a memory, a hallucination, essentially a memory. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it either. It happened. That's my two cents on yeah. it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I like the scene. I just wish Han Solo was there. Yeah, so you're, you're more <laughs> of the, the... Like, I, I think that if Harrison had put a little bit more effort into it, it could have been an crazy impactful scene. I kind of just left that scene with. I like that. I thought it was okay. Did you... Now, question. Do you think this scene would have existed if Carrie was part of the film? Do you think we would have had Harrison come back at all? Because it feels I... like something that would have been taken that Carrie Fisher would have been involved I don't think in. so. I no. think it would still be there. Yeah. Because I think they would want to have all three of those characters in the movie. Fair. So yeah, I think that would, that was probably, it would have been the plan if Carrie, like Carrie was still part of the movie outside of that. Sure. Like, that was a yeah. way to get him in the movie and really the only way to get him in the movie. That's yeah. fair. For me, I thought, it felt like J.J. was putting an importance on the scene in The Force Awakens where he kills Han Solo. And I, I think it was, they were mirroring that because that was when Kylo killed Ben, ben Solo. Right. And now Ben Solo was killing Kylo Ren sort of thing. Right. He's getting that Ben Demption. Ben is, is that what Ben Demption is? I don't know what Ben Demption is. Well, it was a Ben Demption. Um, what do you think of that cameo, Mike? Uh, I don't like Han Solo as a character. <laughs> yeah, have been over fair. this. How do you like Harrison Ford? And Harrison Ford literally canned that whole scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, it was and so there. I hated it, I guess, <laughs> is what you want to say. There you go. That's the word, not like um, hated. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll get into a little bit about Kylo with this because I think it's important. Like, obviously, those were two people. So with, with these two characters, um, I, I'm a big fan of Kylo Ren, and I am not a big fan of Han Solo. And so the fact that Kylo Ren killed Han Solo, super awesome. Great, great <laughs> job, kid. Um, great job, kid. But then, but then Han Solo came back and destroyed all that we had worked for. Um, <laughs> and then he destroyed my, my buddy Kylo, and then Ben showed up. And Ben's like, he's on team Han Solo like that's not okay like we're doing great uh, but no in all seriousness this was kind of where I was I was starting to like 
do I enjoy this or not mm-hmm. in this movie anymore? Just because, um, honestly, like I, I liked The Last Jedi as much as I did because of the of Rey's and Kylo Ren's characters, right? It, it, particularly just them, they made the movie for me, mm-hmm. and I felt like a lot of what the last half an hour, forty five minutes did was I don't want to say ruin because it didn't. Like I still love those characters, but like it, it took it in a direction that is different from the characters that I fell in love with earlier. Also, Han Solo ruined things again, <laughs> like Han, always. Han Solo <laughs> movie ruiner. <laughs> No, but that's that's a jokey thing. But again, yeah, I hate Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair. I got that established. Yep. All right. What else you got, John? Uh, I'm sorry, I got super distracted right now because there's a tweet from John Kasdan that says the absolutely definitive, incontrovertible ranking of all Star Wars movies: one, Ewoks: The Battle for Endor; two, Caravan of Courage: An Ewok Adventure. Three, the other ones. Kasdan, do you have any idea what you're doing to me right I, now? I am retweeting. <laughs> I have to live with this. You don't, I do. Hey, Ian, how many Star Wars have you wrote? Yeah, how, who do you think talks more about Star Wars with him, though? You or me? John Kasdan. Probably John Kasdan. Probably John, John Kasdan. Council of Johns. That's true. Oh, he, God. He does spell his name correctly. No. No. Is this a true fact? Force, force, uh, force the deity provision. The, the Johns will put it... <laughs> John's will put it to a vote. No. Nope. All in favor say John. John. John's have it. Motion passes. I, I, I don't know what the motion was, but it, it passes. Uh, Ian, your seat is not recognized for you are not a John. Well. Please be seated. <laughs> technically, my name is the Celtic bastardization of John. So I am please, a John. Yeah, but that's not how you spell John. So will the gentleman please uh, step back from the microphone? I will and... not step back. <laughs> I will not be silenced. All right, where are we I, going? With I control your mic. I can silence you. <laughs> tyranny. Um, First order. What are we talking about? Uh, so, Empire. Mike, Mike, in you, you cannot yell I can. because your mic is turned up because there's two people. Shh. I have to delete that. We're quiet now. I'm still deleting it. Quiet. Now. Where were we? Where were we? Mike hates Han Solo. Yeah. Likes it when he's I said that dead. multiple times. Yep. Uh, what other characters were there? Were there any other characters? Well, a uh, couple, actually. Oh, that's true. Uh, the Knights of Ren. Completely uh, underused. They, they are in my section of, that's cool, but why? Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> just the Knights of Ren. And I guess they were just around to track Ray. They didn't cool. do anything, and then Ben <laughs> killed all, them. All they did was... All they did was suck and die, to quote Zap Brand again. Suck yeah. and die. <laughs> yeah, all they did was suck and die. Like, I was so excited to see them, and then they... They were just grungy hobos that Kylo killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's it. That's all they were. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, do we want to save Uncle Pappy till after Ray and Kylo? Yeah. And am, am I missing anybody? Nobody important. I thought the look of the... I pointed this out last night when we were talking about the movie, but I the, the look of the stormtroopers with the jetpacks. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were cool. Yeah, they were. They kind of reminded me of the tank driver helmets from yeah. uh, Rogue One. A hmm. little bit. Real quick, Lando, he was there. Oh, oh yeah, Lando. Oh. He's important. Yeah. We've talked about him, too. Lando, he was there. <laughs> he was cool. I like that they brought him in. I think they brought him in. I think if Carrie hadn't passed away, Billy D. Williams wouldn't have been in, in this movie. He or probably would have just been a cameo. Yeah, he would have been a cameo uh, in, the, in the cockpit of a thing. I'm glad that they brought him in to kind of do what Chewie was doing. And you're saying to kind of bridge the gap 
of yep. generations. I love that he was basically wearing what he was wearing in Solo. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Mm. And I, I <laughs> Mike Strong disagree. I, I thought there was some, some weird dialogue between him and Janna at the end. I mean, that age gap is real big. <laughs> I didn't, he had to go for it. But though, I right? guess in space, age is just a number. I didn't see that as a romantic thing. I saw it more of a as a... Uh, but anybody that's a fan of Billy D. Williams, as Billy D. Williams, sure. like, that was yeah. Well, he's smooth. This wasn't record. This wasn't in the script. He's, this was he's recorded. Smooth. Just just happened to be recorded. When he yeah. was like hitting on Jana's actors. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm I think that that was a clumsy attempt to say the old generation is passing the torch on to the new mm. generation, and I agree it was clumsy, but. I think I I thought Lando was great and uh, his intro was cool. I liked that, um, and then him coming in with his you know his solo outfit was nice. And, uh, I didn't like how stoked he looked to be on a Falcon that looked the way that it did. Like I understand that he'd be stoked to be back on his ship. Yeah, but the fact that it was in such disrepair. I mean, but he already <laughs> he's already used to that because he flew it in Return of the Jedi. The at least it looked nicer then. What do you mean it looked nicer then? It looked exactly. It had the a same. compressor. This one didn't have a compressor. No, Ray the, took that one out. The compressor was put on by Uncar Plot, not by anyone other than the previous owners. That's a thing. And then she bypassed the compressor. Uh, so yeah, Lando. So I think we're clear to move on to. There's probably like a main character that all just forgotten. Well, I mean, Luke is kind of inter- Luke he's not really there. Yeah. Well, he's he's mixed in with the Ray Kylo discussion. Okay. Maz is there. Maz is there. Yep. Maz was there to take lines that probably were for Carrie Fisher. And yeah, and and give Chewie a medal. Yeah, and give Chewie. Oh. I liked that. That was a bunch of fan service nonsense. But I like. So I was reading a thing earlier about just specifically that scene and about how if you haven't read the novelization or read the no- the comic novelization, you wouldn't know that Chewie got one of those medals. I saw one side of the argument being now he has two Yavin medals. Cool. And then the other half saying that was probably Han's medal. And yeah. was she Maz or Leia was giving Malaya. giving giving him something of what's that guy's name? Han. Han. Also, yeah, the guy why, that Mike hates. Why does um why does Maz Kanata just have random equipment just hidden in random places? I don't know. Real quick <laughs> on that on Maz before we move on to the big the big the big guns. I was disappointed that she never revealed why how she got her hands on Luke's lightsaber. But I think that's also because of the same thing I mentioned earlier where lore enthusiasts like me are so used to connecting the strings mm-hmm. and the dots yeah, that I don't, were I don't think like, there's a place in this movie for that discussion. I, I don't think there was either, but I'm still disappointed I don't know. So I'm just going to have to continue reading comments. Your thoughts on lightsaber uh, locationing? No. I'm for it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Literally looking through IMDb, the only other characters that we didn't name that are kind of like a thing, uh, we finally saw Ray's father and mother for the first time. Yeah. Cool. They were there. Yeah. Uh-huh. They died. Yeah, they got stabbed by a really weird-looking alien dude. He's a good guy. No. Oh, that's right. He's, he's a good not, guy? Not, really? Not, no. Not that guy. Guy. He has, that guy. He has Sith language daggers. All right. Let's move on. I think we're going into it. Yep. Ray, Kylo, let's do it. I did not get to a point where I could write notes about Kylo Ren because stuff came in at work and I was doing this at work. Uh, but for Ray, I wrote, 
We did all right. Ian probably has opinions. Ian does. Ian has opinions. Go. Uh, this is a test. Ian has Bring it back. No, just no. Let's no. I'm the kind of person who will say a lot and then go home and yell things. You know, I thought we were gonna get through one episode without you mentioning Jedi treason. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yell things. I don't know what I expected. Um, I do have opinions about Ray. I really enjoyed the fact that we saw her legitimately struggle with the dark side and that it was quantified and made ever clear by the fact that she was literally out of control with her force abilities. And the only other time I've ever seen that happen well is in the Clone Wars cartoon. Because what the Clone Wars cartoon did was take Anakin's struggle and make it real. If you look at Luke's struggle with the dark side, if you look at Anakin's struggle with the dark side, they really come across, especially in the films, they really come across as just whiny. They, they never have a real moment of pure fear at their abilities. They don't mess up accidentally you know we're always hearing about how the dark side's just there it's just on the edge of your senses and it's so easy to give into it and we saw ray go through that and the consequences of that and seeing how she has to struggle against the dark side especially with the reveal uh that she is a palpatine which uh, i was kind of eh, whatever with um i i, I really like the last jedi interpretation that you know who you are doesn't matter but they had if they were gonna put Pappy in there, they had to tie him in somehow. So fine, didn't like it, didn't hate it. But I really enjoyed her struggle with the dark side, and then her seeing the dark side visions, and really how that brought her and Kylo even closer to their destiny or whatever. I I enjoyed that, and it, even though we lost the thread of where you come from doesn't matter, we picked up the thread of. The choices you make matter. It's not your blood that determines who you are. Which is an equally important lesson that I think echoes throughout the franchise because Luke had to have that same struggle with his relation to Vader. And then Kylo as well uh, had to have that struggle with his relation to Vader. But just because your your dad or your granddad or aunt or uncle or third cousin is kind of a bad person doesn't mean that because you're related to them you are automatically a bad person i think that's a lesson that star wars has preached a lot and it's a good one to learn so i i enjoyed ray in this uh in this show a lot i like that she took the skywalker name at the end i liked luke's little talk with her as a as a force ghost there's one scene that I wanted that I got, but not in the way I wanted it. There's that scene where Rey, after staring down Uncle Pappy, reaches out and the past Jedi all kind of talk to her. I would have really liked to have seen those Jedi and not just heard their voices. Mostly because they were all whispering and I couldn't tell who was who. With the exception of a very clear Yoda, a very clear Luke, and a very clear Samuel L. Jackson Mace Windu. Those were the <laughs> only three where I was just like, I know for sure who's talking. But seeing them as either memories, flashbacks, or ghosts, I think would have been a really cool scene. And it also could have helped tie in even more stuff to the trilogy because theoretically, some of the voices that were in that Ahsoka, mm -hmm. her voice was supposedly in, in one of them. Yep. And then Ezra as well supposedly his voice was in there mm -hmm. and then i guess i got my hayden christensen in the form of a tiny whisper mm -hmm. i did get a ewan mcgregor obi-wan and i did get a alec guinness obi-wan mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's my two cents on Ray. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a canon explanation as why you probably didn't see all of them. Because at that point, only a handful of Jedis knew how to Force Ghost. Uh, yeah, you say that, but at the end of this movie, a bunch of people who really shouldn't have known how to Force Ghost, Force Ghosted. So, there you go. Like Leia? Like Leia and Ben. Well, Ben didn't reappear. Um, and I like the duality of the, the two characters, Ray and Kylo. So I'm gonna. So I, I've I've spouted about Ray. I'm gonna let Mike cover the Kylo stuff. But I, I want to touch on Ray. Yeah, too, touch for on sure. uh, both of you. Give me your your Ray ask, stuff. Let's ask permission Mike. first. Well, obviously. Yeah. What I appreciated most about Ray was how much she was failing through the first two thirds of the movie. Yep. She was constantly going off on her own, no matter what the consequences were of her doing that she was constantly either losing to kylo or giving him valuable information during their fights (laughs) and it really only came together at the end for her and i appreciated that she wasn't the all-powerful jedi throughout the entire movie she was clearly putting herself above her friends in a lot of it she was clearly putting her interests above anything else no matter what the consequences were and i thought that was cool to move the story along and that brings up something interesting in terms of the mary sue argument that we've heard a million times yeah she's has powers crazy powers more powerful than you know most jedi that we see starting out for most first sensitive characters we see starting out but her failings were not in the fact that she had power her failings were in how she controlled and used that power Mm mm-hmm not that I ever believed the Mary Sue arguments at all, but I think this movie helps to reinforce that she isn't that. Mm-hmm. John, Ray thoughts? I think they did a big disservice in continuing this idea that uh, force powers are doubled genetically. Yeah. I, I like the idea that a nobody, a Finn, could conceivably be as powerful as Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. someday instead of it relying specifically on your genetic past. I didn't care too much for them explaining Rey was so powerful or can so easily go to the dark side because she's related to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I think that I was thought, I just... thought that was kind of like a cop-out to bring Palpatine back. I think that was just more Palpatine's logic, not necessarily the truth. He was so sure that his fam, like, he wanted his son to do it, but he didn't want to, so he had them killed. And then he's like, I can't wait for my granddaughter to be back, because she's going to be super powerful, just like me. I don't believe... I don't believe any of that. I think that was all him trying to manipulate Rey because he did the same thing with Vader and Maul and Tyrannus. He he's a manipulator. He's that's what he does. He tells you what you want to hear to make you feel special so that he can control you. But Rey didn't want to hear that she was dark side, so that really wouldn't manipulate her. No, it was because she was so close to the dark side from her struggling. Like this is this is classic Force Sith nonsense 101 i don't feel like anything palpatine was saying was there to i don't think it was necessarily truthful i think it was just his logic but i see your i see your your point too like like it's just like oh kylo's so powerful because he's related to skywalker yeah so powerful because he's related to anakin yeah i agree with you that that um, that logic's bad and then just completely disregarding the Dechlorians. You may think they're dumb, but they are part of the canon. And the, I think they did a disservice in not acknowledging well, I think they acknowledged, any sort of Midichlorian genetic engineering. I think they acknowledged it by doing this point. You know, they may not have, not have called them out by name. Oh, your blood is uh, important. 
says, you know, and your blood is related to your metachlorian count and all that. And and then I'm, I'm just not... The, the Jedi are the most boring part of Star Wars to me. Uh, that's why I kind of left most of my... Resur- or, like, most of my review of Rey in this movie, so to speak, up to you. Because you're the one that has more of a connection with the Force. Your dad must be super strong with midichlorian. Number one, my dad is awesome. And number two, that may have been the nicest thing you've ever said to me. (laughs) I I thought she did fine. Mm -hmm. I thought that particularly in this movie and the sequel trilogy, they they turned up the the fantasy aspect of the series up. To 11? Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Jason Croxon. I don't think we've ever actually asked what your last name is, Jason. And I was fine with that because I've I've long been fine with describing Star Wars as a space fantasy rather than science fiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, that's what it is. So yeah, that was fun. You want to jump over to Kylo now? Did we talk about Kylo? I don't know. Let's I blocked out Kylo. because Jeff yeah. John Kazan was and talking gonna, about. Him I'm going to pass the baton to Mike first for Kylo. All right, Kylo's my boy. So what I appreciated about this movie for Kylo was the fact that he was able to get hints about Rey without even being there. The way that he was able to manipulate his interactions with her and get the information about her that he needed without even being anywhere near her. I thought that was just clever. And just like grabbing the necklace or seeing the the mask, I thought that was really funny. (laughs) I was very good. Oh, the helmet's just like, oh, there you are. You're right there. (laughs) And it wasn't even like an alarm. It's like, oh, okay, that's where you are. Um, I do have like one gripe about that kind of interaction between the two characters. When we got to the big like fight, the washed out Death Star, mm-hmm. I thought that was another interaction that was he was not there. Uh, and it almost made it feel like there were so much less consequences about that fight than there were when in reality he was there and they were able to interact with one another. Right. And so that threw me off of what was a really serious and impactful scene. Mm. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. So we lose Kylo about uh, three-fourths of the way in, and then he's replaced by an imposter. Um, <laughs> Oh, I do remember the thing I was going to talk about. I appreciated the fact that he was drawn to Palpatine based on his powers, but he immediately went to Rey not to join Palpatine, but like, hey, we'll we'll destroy this guy together. Right. Uh, it wasn't, we're going to be joining this guy. It's like, hey, we're going to do this to destroy this guy that just offered me everything to join him. Yeah. And so we can take everything from him. I thought that was awesome. It was one of the few things... That really fed off of The Last Jedi's mm-hmm. setup, and I agree with you. That's yeah, really I cool. thought that was a really cool scene. That was probably my favorite interaction. This guy's a douche. You want to help go kill him with Yeah, me? exactly. <laughs> um, and but- you said that, and you looked at the window, and I'm like, is there someone on our balcony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the douche monster. He lives there. But yeah, at the end, um, I wasn't satisfied with the fact that the last thing we saw of Kylo Ren was... He kissed a girl and then evaporated. <laughs> I kissed a girl then evaporated. Yeah, um, it was it was 
the main antagonist of the three movies. He was a character that you you either loved to hate or you loved, and he just kind of disappeared. And I, I wish it was something a little bit more epic with that. Mm. That's probably um, in the minority, or it's selfish. But I wasn't thoroughly satisfied with his character's completion as I was when I left Force Awakens or The Last Jedi with how I felt about Kylo Ren. I'm inclined to agree with you and I think one of the reasons is he didn't have any dialogue that I recall during that entire him be- being Ben and confronting He said Al. Right. Yeah, he said Al. Um, he had no dialogue, no defiance declaration of defiance against Palpatine. I mean, he did all that with his actions. You know, this is Star Wars. Star Wars is built on Luke throwing his lightsaber away and telling Palpatine, no, I'll never join you. I'll be a, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Or, you know, Vader and making his screaming at Obi-Wan about how he hates him. Like, that. these powerful moments are, they're corny and they're cheesy, but they're Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And Ben didn't get that. Yeah, I think I might have connected with the character had he said anything. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I got nothing out of Ben Solo at the end, so. Raylos were happy. Uh, yeah. Were they? As one of them, well, I, I wasn't happy because they don't live happily ever after in the end. Fair. I couldn't control myself like I said out loud in the theater. Oh, freaking Raylos. Uh, Very loudly. Yeah. Very loudly. Yeah, I, I didn't realize I was saying it out loud. I think my whole reason on it is like, I think it was just so pushed, 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 pushed by the fandom, because I am a person who is in the fandom, it almost felt like a concession to me. And that might also be because I didn't feel like Kylo got his say Mm -hmm. in those final scenes as well. So maybe if he got his say or, you know, he was more interactive, then I would have been more on board with it. I did like that he became the last Skywalker. He didn't. I, I enjoyed that. He didn't. Well, he, he was Skywalker. the last of the blooded Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. I like that he was able to take up his father's lightsaber, or grandfather's lightsaber. Um, I, I enjoyed that. But those are, you know, those are the tiny little nugget things that I enjoy because I'm a forcey warcy fanboy. Other than that, I, I mostly agree with your, your assessment. Okay. John, anything to add for Kylo? The, the whole force bond thing that they they have, uh, yeah. I've I've grown to like it over the over the series, over the Same. single trilogy. I didn't like it at first, and then it kept going, and then in this movie, it was so strong that they could actually like, pass stuff back and forth. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's I kind of like that in a weird like I don't like fantasy stuff sort of way, but I like that for whatever yeah. reason. When when Ray's confronting Palpatine and she sees that Ben has come and puts her hand behind her head and you're like why is, she, why is she putting her saber there that's a horrible guard and then the camera pans around and it's ben holding it and then he just like gives like a very han solo smirk to the knights and then just then just goes to town on their dumb faces <laughs> yeah he kind of like shrugs too yeah. just like, eh. hey guess what i got a lightsaber now god the knights of ren were so disappointing i like the way that they ended adam driver's character both of his characters i guess if you want to do star wars and when you're light side and dark side you have two different people I did not see any other way that that movie could end without Kylo dying or Ben dying. Mm-hmm. Let's say he does live and helps defeat Palpatine. The galaxy isn't going to welcome him with open arms. Just like they wouldn't have done Vader. No, at best, he'll be 
life imprisoned. More than likely, everyone's going to call for his execution, so he dies anyway. He's not going to run off with Rey to start a new order, because uh, no one would trust him. The only way that that movie, his story arc can end is with his death. I kind of wish it was in like a big sacrifice moment, like a Haldo maneuver, which they name dropped in it. Yeah, Dominic Moynihan was... dropped it. I'm like, yeah, JJ. I did see tweet earlier that I thought was really interesting that Ray and Kylo fighting on the Death Star wreckage when she stabs him and heals him. Uh, just before that, there's a part where Leia says, "There's something I have to do for my son," or something along those lines, mm-hmm. and then goes and like lays down, focuses, and distracts Ben. But this tweet mentioned that they think that when Leia did that uh, and he got stabbed, she was psychically jedi psychic whatever that would be force life force life yeah exactly basically keeping him alive until the end which is why they both died simultaneously Mm -hmm. and i thought "Ah, like that that's leia doing a a brave sacrifice uh, doing what leia would do which is go against all odds and all hopelessness to do something that she thinks she can do absolutely and that really plays to her character and that that story arc so i thought that was a fitting end for her there was another place i was going with that but then i got distracted uh, mm. thinking about all the times that rogue i've watched rogue one and she goes hope but it's not her it's a weird cg face hope 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 <laughs> hope, 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 um, hope 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 can i just say i'm really happy that they specifically said that the death star debris was on a moon in the andor system that... well the indoor system has like 20 planets yeah which i'm fine and they're with. all named indoor i'm happy about <laughs> it like just thank you for doing that they did do uh, we'll get to that in yeah. a second uh, the last big character we have to talk about is dio Palpatine. Oh. so let's talk palpatine i wasn't stoked on him being the main antagonist in general before we saw this movie after watching it i thought it was fine he was a perfectly fine representation of the sith i did like the the fact that he had a bunch of cultists he was on droman costs even though it's not called droman costs it was just droman costs talk about that later um we confirmed a lot about sith society i guess and i thought it was fine it was good it was fine he was a convenient target for ray and kylo to ray and kylo at i mean i wish i had more to say about it but i don't he was there he was fine and i love ian mcdermott with all my heart like that guy is rad I love that he's an actor, and honestly, it makes a lot of sense that he is the antagonist in the first two trilogies. It makes sense that he'd be the antagonist in this one. I just wish there was a little bit more setup for him. We set up Snoke, and then Snoke was the dude in that, which, again, fine, but like it goes back to that. They should have done the Palpatine broadcast at the end of The Last Jedi. Give me something to grasp onto before just saying, hey, Palpatine's here back now. Give me a clue, a thread, uh, JJ, you love your mystery boxes. Why was that not in the box? I mean, that's my two cents on Palpatine. I really don't have anything else to say about him. I didn't think I was going to like it, just because I thought it was dumb. And then he showed up, and everything about him made me happy. I like that when you first see him, he's like, all dark robe guy. Oh, it's just dark robe guy walking around. No, it's dark robe guy on a crane that travels him around this auditorium he apparently lives in. Yeah. It reminded me of um, a character... And not even really a character, but uh, an episode of Invader Zim where Zim has 
a pimple that grows on his cheek that he tries to inject with something and it just gets worse and then he finds out it has hypnotic powers so he puts it in a little costume and calls it Pistulio and people he basically can use Pistulio to Jedi mind trick people and that's all I could think about every time they did a wide shot of the Emperor just floating around in his weird crane arm John I Um, think I'm pretty confident in saying that I think you are literally the only person on the planet who made that connection yep I agree and I'm fine with that it's how how I enjoy my Star Wars as much as I'm not a forcey warsy person I did like that they finally shed some light on Sith culture yeah, the um, fact that it... The thing that I have loved making fun of in Star Wars just in general is how up until this this episode, Palpatine was just a real bad Sith. If he's following Darth Bane's rule of two, he wasn't doing that real good. Because the whole rule of two thing is the idea that a master will train an apprentice to kill that master and become the strongest Sith. And this movie just made Palpatine a good Sith again. And that made me sad because right. I can't make dumb jokes about him because he that's what he was doing. He wanted Rey to strike him down. To be fair, he didn't train her for crap. True. No, yeah, she just wanted... Yeah, exactly. Let someone else do it. But I always thought it was more of like, not a literal, all the Sith will go into this person to make them more powerful. I always read the, the master trains the apprentice with all of the knowledge that he has about the Sith. Then the apprentice would become so powerful in that that he could kill the master and that he would take on apprentice to pass on his knowledge. It's like the giver, except for the child has to kill the giver at the end of the movie. That is essentially how it worked in general, but again, with a new Star Wars movie comes new New stuff, new lore stuff. And so it became literal uh, passing of the Sith. This definitely opens up a lot of avenues for further exploration Mm. of the Sith culture, uh, and I'm going to just call it new canon Sith culture. I felt the decision to make him the ultimate bad guy almost felt lazy because it's like when you go into this movie it's like okay we have these characters but we can't have Kylo Ren be the bad guy in this one so we've got this guy who's who's uh we've done before let's do it again <laughs> look who we found at the bottom of a Death Star shaft but that's so that, that's JJ's thing you know I it's, <laughs> yeah. it's okay but yeah. like after after you get in your mind that it's going to be Palpatine I felt like everything they did with him was awesome yeah yeah no I agree. um the decision to put him in i questioned the decision of how they developed his character and what he did within the movie i thought was amazing um i loved the gigantic empty room that he just kind of hovered around <laughs> yeah um and then the the faceless people that you saw you knew that there were souls behind that but they didn't give you any idea of who they were or or what races they were anything yeah. like that you just knew that wow there are so many people still wanting to follow this yeah this thing this final order and i thought that was really impactful um and then just how creepy it the place was i feel like this is going into a lot of what i'm going to say about like the locations they were in but Mm -hmm. i loved that location in particular because a lot of what i think about within star wars is is very bright and very open and inviting and then you get to this place and it's so dark and there's so many shadows and it's not even just like some places you'll have like lava or different things going on in the environment this is just darkness yeah and just shadows and i thought the cinematography that they did or Mm -hmm. you know how they they set up this room was 
was really impactful and made you feel like not only is this a giant room with a lot of people in it, but it, it kept you in this small group of like when it's Ray and Palpatine looking at one another, you feel like you're right there yeah. and you yeah. feel like, but you know, there's so yeah. many people looking at it. It's them. expansive, I, but claustrophobic. Yeah, I felt like the, those portions of it made me more immersed into a Star Wars story than I have in a while. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's almost like go into a, a dark parking structure like you know there's so much around you but you're just like uh shadows i need to get to my car mm. you know just cast light i, mean, I can't cast light john i'm not an it's like a level one cantrip uh i'm not a cleric either jeez um i don't know if you i think you are right i think light is a no i don't know if you're not a cleric <laughs> i'm definitely not a cleric <laughs> all right yeah so uh i think that covers characters Oh, well, that's as far as we got. Yeah. Next on, <laughs> I, I think the next two things will go pretty quick. Yes. Though. Locations. Here's what I want to say about locations. I've had this gripe with a lot of different things uh, in Star Wars since the new canon reboot. If you're going to use a different name slash environment for a planet that is, already exists in Legends canon, make it so different that I can't just say, but this is the same thing. I had this problem when they changed Korriban to Moriband. It's just Korriban. It's the same freaking planet. Just call it Korriban. I had it when they were like, oh, the Jedi Jedi originated on Octo. They originated on Tython in the in the Legends canon. There's no reason that these two things, like you didn't make them different enough that they couldn't have a thing. And they did the same thing in this movie where it's like the Sith homeworld is a dark, cloudy, constantly lightning, sometimes raining planet of just crazy uh nothing well and then in this movie they're like oh the sith homeworld is a lightning infested sometimes rainy dark 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 place we're gonna call it exical you've just described dromenkos which is the sith homeworld in the well, a couple less plants but again you haven't made it different enough to call it a different thing and you so love putting legend stuff back into the new canon so just do that i don't understand i don't understand and this is this is the dumbest smallest gripe i have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get to this as a actual like legitimate comment on negativity so take it for what it is ian's just a nonsense lore enthusiast who needs everything in categories and his opinion on this particular matter is dumb i fully admit that but that's that it's still it's the smallest gripe but it is a gripe i have in terms of the locations but i appreciate they didn't do it to the death star debris thing and they did it for endor and it's actually a moon in the endor system endor, what do you got john endor is a binary system you're uh, a binary system of the sun's endor and endor uh it's orbited by the planet endor which is and there's i think like four or six endors and then all the moons of endor are named endor whoever I love discovered endor. this system is not very <laughs> creative <laughs> it's probably out there where like they got tired of like all right this is just endor move on <laughs> Like coming here, this is this is sun system. This why, is sun one, sun two. Let's move on. Why would anybody be here? <laughs> um, but there were. Yep, there were bears. There were bears. Um, going back to my audio from the very very beginning of this, one of my concerns was that there was too many locations and that we wouldn't get to spend enough time, or they 
we'd go to a planet and it wouldn't mean anything and then and then we would just move on and that only happened at the very very beginning when they were jumping around in hyperspace but that was part of the hyperspace jump thing they were doing yeah so it worked out i think whole ship's on fire or when they went to a place it, it had a meaning and it wasn't just nothing I, I didn't feel like any of the shot scenes were like canto bite where they set up this interesting culture and world and stuff and then they just leave it and then it's gone without like really any explanation yeah. we, we the plants we went to we really didn't get enough information that required more background information to need to be learned or like if we, we did get information it tied into somebody's story yeah like in the very beginning where the the, the little girl was asking ray what her name was and, you know, she'd be honored to learn her family name yeah. during that big festival and with the beads. Yeah, so it served the story. It was yeah. really cool. I like that planet a lot. I want to go there. I want to have a good time. It looks like the Festival of Color from India combined with Burning Man with less sketchiness. I, I want to go. Uh, it only happens once every 43 years, though. So yeah. So you'll well, have to time it really well. I mean, I'm, I'm Each planet I'm rotates at a different speed, so 43 years can be like two days. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, well, one thing Star Wars doesn't do is I'm consider <laughs> consider how time works in terms of space travel, and we shouldn't either. Uh, Mike, any anything about the locations that stood out to you? Just visually, I was super immersed in the story, the way they set these locations up. I thought visually it was one of my favorite Star Wars movies in terms of locations, like just how much of a contrast it was from that festival to the Sith world. Mm-hmm. It's just like it was night and day. It was, and then you get like the really cool small scenes with um, the the workshop for Babu Frick and the the planet that there that's there. It's just rainy and just dreary and. Obviously, it was a spice runner there because what else would you do in that world? Stuff like that. I, I felt super immersed in this movie compared to other ones in particular because of how it was shot and, and the locations that they used. And so that was definitely like, if not my biggest highlight, one of the biggest, one of the largest highlights for me for that movie. Very nice. John, anything else on locations? So this is the wrap up of the Skywalker saga. I mean, they can always come back to it in 40 years, which is what they did, you know, with this one. Or 20 years or whatever it was. Episode 12 won. Uh Yeah, episode 12 won. Episode 17. Here, one, one of the... skip to 13 first. <laughs> <laughs> it was, this isn't Windows uh, OS naming conventions here. Well, can we go into the negatives next time? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, can we so, get Star Wars Emmy? Oh, before I say if I think whether or not this this wrapped up the Skywalker saga well, one thing that I, I, I told John earlier is that I feel like I would really like to see these new characters in the future. Maybe not in a saga-named episode, but I would love to see the Resistance uh, form something new and face a new threat. I want to see Rey Skywalker's Jedi and how they're different from the original Jedi. I feel like because we have ended the Skywalker saga, these characters in particular from the sequel trilogy are now unshackled from the commitment to tying them to the past characters. They've had that interaction. The torch has now been officially passed. And I really want to see where these characters go without that obligation i would love to see their star wars now and i think that's something that we really could get in the future because even though i was like oh maybe i didn't enjoy this as much as i thought i was going to in the beginning and actually after this podcast i feel like i've been talking about all the things i feel like i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i did initially but i feel like 
the kids who grew up with the sequel trilogy, the kids right now who started with The Force Awakens and are now here with with The Rise of Skywalker, I think that their heroes are now free to be themselves. And even though Anakin Skywalker might not, or Obi-Wan might not mean the same thing to them as they do to me, or, you know, Luke Skywalker meaning the same thing to my dad or my my cousins or whatever than would to me, I, I grew up with the prequels, honestly. So I have a way bigger connection to Obi-Wan than I do to Luke Skywalker. I think that these characters are now unshackled and they're going to be the new vanguard of Star Wars going forward. And I hope that they take advantage of it because these characters being untied from that responsibility will create far more opportunities in the future. And that's something I really, really want to see. What do you guys think? Just to kind of play off what you said, I feel it would be a, kind of a disservice to a lot of the younger fans or a lot of the newer fans that we got to see all of those older characters, their whole story played out. Mm. And if we were to just drop these newer characters of from these newer fans that that's what they know like they know ray and finn and poe and all of them and it would be a disservice for those fans to just kind of drop them and just say hey their story is played out because we got the skywalker storyline we got nine plus movies out of out of that over how many decades right and to just drop that for the newer fans i'm gonna be honest i don't connect with the original very much because i was i was young and then they were fun movies but i didn't really they weren't my favorite and i I kind of saw them and just kind of moved on with my life and i felt like with this new sequel trilogy i felt like i've connected with this storyline more than the the other ones Mm -hmm. and i would feel really bummed if i never saw any of these characters again or they were a bit character later on in in some other star wars entity that didn't mean anything Um, i connected with kylo ren i connected with ray and finn and poe and all them and I would. I, I want to see what else is out there. I can. I'm more than willing to wait, and I'm more than willing to wait for the right opportunity. Yeah. And everything, but yeah, I want to see see more. And I know that I'm not alone in that feeling with people that are kind of like me that connect with this new story more than the other ones have. I completely agree with you. What I'm interested in uh, going into the future with the Star Wars franchise is kind of what they started and then they abandoned uh which is the the star wars stories with standalone films mm-hmm. so i'm pretty sure uh, i read it right that kathleen kennedy has said that they want to move away from the trilogy format which is a great idea i 100 percent agree it's working very well for marvel yeah geez and so i think there's there's a good chance that we will see some of these characters of these new characters revisited in something along those lines or maybe in a um straight to streaming show to, mm-hmm. to add to the the ones that we're already getting um i've, I've mentioned many times that i am not you're not a sequel fan. trilogy guy yeah, I, I, I enjoy the films, but they're, they're not the the era of Star Wars that I like. And the era of Star Wars that I like is getting a lot of stuff coming up in the form of TV series. We have The Mandalorian, which takes place after Return, but Mando. it still has a lot of that old Imperial tech that I, I enjoy watching. We have a Cassian Andor, kind of Rogue One prequel coming up. I haven't really heard have, much about <laughs> Exactly. And then the Obi-Wan thing, which... Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I am not as big a fan as Drunk Ian over here. Obi-Wan but Kenobi. You're just enforcing that. 
that's but the name it's, it's going to take place after the prequels, allegedly, or maybe before. I'm kind of hoping they do like random anthology story thing, uh, yeah. which we will we can get into in another episode. Yeah, absolutely. I have great ideas for that. Uh, that would make me interested in watching Obi Wan do anything. As far as this movie wrapping up all of uh, the Star Wars saga, there is absolutely no way anybody could pull that off successfully. Yeah, to the appeasement of everybody. Sure. That's just that wasn't going to happen. There's there's too much divide in what is the real Star Wars. Too much misinformation of what is the real Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That it just it wasn't going to happen. But I think wrapping up the prequel trilogy specifically, this movie did a great job. I I really enjoy how it ended with with Ray. Our for Force Awakens with her just going about her scavenging days, sliding down dirt and sand on the sled on sand, and that being mirrored in this. I did feel kind of let down that she started alone and ended alone, not in a romantic sense, but in in the sense that these all these movies she's been trying to find her family. You guys are gonna hate me, but her family was the friends she made along the way. But it was also the journey, Ian. Yeah, uh, <laughs> team journey so, so we all both, the way. We both went on that one. Uh, but at, and at the end, her only her only company is an old lady with with a camel, uh, who is just happening to walk by the old Lars homestead. I thought that it, that that scene was going to end with her either you know burying Luke and Leia's sabers there, and then getting on the Falcon with her friends and flying off for whatever adventure that they were going to do. Yeah, or her setting up that the Lars homestead to be the new Jedi Temple, which is what I think is going to happen. Yes. That's what it um, seems like, especially yeah. when they finally reveal that her staff is a saber. Well, parts of her staff have been reformed into a saber. Also, real quick, <laughs> uh, first instance of live-action yellow lightsaber. I'm pretty stoked on that. Mm-hmm. Calm down, Temple Guard fanboy. Yeah, I am a Temple Guard fanboy. Yeah, imagine if Obi-Wan was a Temple Guard. This guy would not stop talking. No, I wouldn't. Assuming there was an Obi-Wan Temple so Guard. So, let me, let me <laughs> ask you this question then, John. Okay, Do ask you questions. think, in your opinion, for you, did this movie put a good enough wrap-up on the Skywalker saga. I think it did what... For you, could. not not for anybody else, not for, you know, the people who won't like it or the people who will love it, regardless. Um, for you. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure on that. Okay, we'll come back to it. No, this is going to be like a come back to it in a few months. That's, sort of what, I, okay. that's what I meant. Because we, we've, seen, we've seen Palpatine die now. Uh, and then come back just because he blew up in lightning doesn't mean that he won't come back. I mean, he blew up in a reactor before and came back. I it's did. Fair. I did like that Palpatine was the big baddie because he's been the big baddie throughout the series. Even though I, I, I do recognize that it's kind of corny to to bring back the tried and true villain that he was the mastermind villain behind the entire all the movies. Right. Except for the movies that he wasn't in. No, well, I mean, like, they... they, they <laughs> he was just kind of there. They but tried he, to, air quotes, fix that with that line in the very beginning of this film you know, where he goes, well, well, you know I have been did. every voice you have ever heard. In the prequels, he was in all three. In the original trilogy, he was in two. In yeah. this one, he was in one. Well, in the... It's... In, it's in one of the math. two that he was in, in the original trilogy, he was a hologram on screen for, like seven seconds and, and in the version that i grew up with he was a woman yeah he was with like they weird weird that. eyes yeah. the the actor that played the hologram in the original Empire Strikes back was a woman cool yeah Probably, and then they make up their aesthetic her face correct so um for for you mike then do you think that this movie adequately wrapped up the skywalker saga I left the theater not feeling as satisfied or as happy or as content 
as I had with like the previous two movies. Mm. With that said, I have no idea what I would change or any differences that I would make. I don't know what could have been done to make it better in my mind. But that's a really hard thing to do, sure. is to wrap up all that stuff. Absolutely. Let me jump in real quick. I, I think I know what would have made me have a more solid judgment on this film is throughout the film, uh, after Ray finds out what her lineage is, it, her lineage is, uh, people are constantly telling her to not be afraid of who she is, not be afraid of that that darkness or whatever. Mm. At the end of it, she disregards what her lineage lineage is and or who she is. And takes the Skywalker last name. And I think this movie would have done a, a lot better in my mind if in the mo- the movie didn't end with the galaxy having another Skywalker. Fair but enough. then Rise of it, Skywalker would have made too much sense. Right. It would be interesting to that point if she disregarded, you know, don't be afraid of who she is, and then made made well, or made the Palpatine name something good. In defiance of her grandfather, uh, but nobody, well only I would appreciate that. Nobody else yeah, would care. I, I don't know how well people <laughs> would appreciate the Hitler family uh, charity program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. no, that's the thing. Like I would <laughs> love it. Doesn't for, work in real life because you know poetic, poetic rhyming and all that. Oh, but uh, yeah, Poe. Phonetic. Man, I got it. I got maybe I've got a thing for Poe that is just like deep down inside that I I haven't like uh, realized yet because I've mixed up his name a lot today. Ian has a thing for Poe. Hey, you 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 would too. Uh, smoldering, <laughs> smoldering uh, Oscar Isaac. You know, it's a thing. Why is he on fire? Um, I don't. Because it, he's Latin. No, it's because the Falcon's <laughs> on fire. All of it's on fire. Latino heat. I'll answer my own question. Do I think this satisfact was was I satisfied with the conclusion of this being the wrap up of the Skywalker saga? I wasn't sure when I first got out of the movie. I think after sitting here and talking with you guys, I'm gonna say uh, I, I I'm very much in the same camp as you, Mike, where I'm just like I'm not entirely sure, mm. but I I don't know what I would do different. Yeah. So we'll revisit this after a couple rewatches. You know, we'll get Jason in on here because I know he wants to talk about. Oh, it he's as well. already chomping at the bit to get on. Oh, I've been absolutely. talking to him all day. So we'll we'll watch it a couple more times and then forty X. Yeah, for oh, oh god, yes, please. No, I don't want to be sprayed Maybe with they'll water. Shoot us with lightning. I can't. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no! They're just gonna spray dander at us. Yeah, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be fan noise and oh. and spraying, and I don't want to even think about what those chairs are gonna do during the hyperspace jumping sequences. No, thank you. There's like eight of them within like seven seconds. That's gonna be fun. Um, Looking see, forward to that. You said 4DX, and my brain already jumped to we're gonna go see cats and. Now my dander comment doesn't make any sense because I was thinking about cats. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't really know where you were going with that either. Um, All right. Would you see the other movie? Any last minute comments about the movie before we wrap up, gentlemen? I probably sounded very critical about it during this entire thing. I still thoroughly enjoyed my experience watching the movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it over and over again in the theaters, and then afterwards. And I, you know, Star Wars is cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty and, good. he's a pretty uh, good guy, right? I'm looking forward to the continuation of Star Wars, even outside of a, you know, the trilogy aspect of it. So absolutely, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just gonna mirror you. I, I, I the same thing, uh, John. I'm gonna mirror John Kasdan, oh, and uh, it, it, it is one of the top. It's 
the top three Star Wars movie. I can't. With all the other Star Wars movies that aren't the Ewok movies. I can't. I can't do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Before we wrap up immediately uh, following this, I would like to say a very special thank you for everybody who um, promoted, shared, talked about, or even, uh, you know, gave their 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 positive thoughts to the Kessel Toy Run. Uh, they had another successful year of delivering toys uh, to kids who are not able to go home for the holidays and their families so thank you so much for supporting them and we will continue to support them next year um you guys are amazing and uh, very powerful in the force thank you so much for doing that you made a lot of kids happy uh we got to see some of the pictures um maybe we'll ask and see if we can share some of those up online but it was uh, another amazing year and uh, we're looking forward to making next year uh, even better with uh, your help. So thank you so much for that. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or any uh, ideas that you would like to share with us about future topics uh, in the Star Wars arena for Hoth Topics, you can go ahead and email us at hothpod at gmail.com or tweet at us on the Twitters at Hothpod. You can also visit our website, hothtopicspodcast.com. We have a couple things coming up. You know, we're going to have Jason back on to talk about more Rise of Skywalker stuff. Roommate Mike, you will be returning with us for a more Mandalorian reviews here yeah. in the near future. That's going to be a lot of fun. And you and I have like an entire season of Resistance we have not watched yeah, yet. Yeah, we, we, have, we have Resistance that we still need to go through. Uh, Rise of Skywalker kind of came up and bit us in the butt really quickly. So, Isn't that awesome that like there's so much Star Wars content to consume though? I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like we still have the fact that we still have stuff to do even after the, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, is is it's a it's a warm fuzzy feeling. So thank you everybody. I have been Ian. I have been sketching out my plan for a cross Mando Mr. Mistopheles cat's costume. That creature is John, who I'm not entirely sure is human and must be stopped immediately. Mike's here as well. Thank you very much everybody. We'll see you next time. We didn't even talk about Ewoks. in the training. Mm. Too many calories you eat. <laughs> Midi calories. Midi calories. That's a surefire way to get me to not eat food anymore. Or eat more food so you get more Jedi powers. <laughs> uh, um, Alright. So, Just getting back to it. Um, yeah. <laughs>